three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to a very special Halloween edition of the Texas Private School Podcast. I, as always, am one half of your hosting crew, Scooby-Doo. I am joined today by a, a very royal-looking fellow. I would even go as far to say a king. Uh, I have not watched um, the show that the comp- the costume is in reference to. Um, sir, please uh, tell me your name and what you are doing here on this program. I am a walker of House Targaryen, uh, and I am the king of the picks. I have the the best pick record uh, in all of TXPS, and I'm going to stand by it. So I am walker of House Targaryen, uh, breaker of trains, uh, leader of the TXPS, House Southwest. I'm walker of House Southwest. So, but yeah. Uh, I am Scooby-Doo because when I say I got that dog in me, this is what I mean. Shout out, shout out Johnny Football. Yeah, shout out Johnny Football. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even. I honestly didn't even think of that. But that is now the reason why I'm Scooby Doo. Uh, we will not throw that picture up on the screen because um, I don't <laughs> want to get demonetized. I also shopping around Spirit Halloween. I saw some costumes that I think I would have looked fantastic in, but also I didn't feel like getting this episode demonetized. So we'll move straight past that into the pick records. Walker, last week you went 14 and 5. I went 15 and 4, getting a game back and bringing the overall records to yours at 141 and 43. I am 137 and 47. If my math stands upright, I am uh, four? three. Uh, yes, I'm four games off. Sorry, I was trying to do it um, the backwards way because, you know, I'm a little bit. No, I can't say that word in 2023. I am dumb. But. Yeah, so Walker, you still hold the overall pick record as your costume indicates. You're the king of the pick record. I am trailing. I am um, in uh, in very, very close territory to giving up the pick record trophy, which I definitely have possession of and have not lost. Uh, your thoughts so far on leading the pick record? Good. I'm slowing down a little bit, but we keep moving. We keep growing. And uh, yeah, you know, I lost... Uh, St. St. Tom or St. John's at TWCA lost me the game and um, lost me this week and you know, we keep moving but yeah uh, yeah I don't, I don't I'm sorry I don't really have nothing to say we keep moving yeah I've asked you this exact same question for like the last the previous like six weeks so I guess there's not a whole lot to say I will say um, I'm I'm hungry I literally just said I have that dog in me I'm going to do everything I can including cheat if it means I can get this pick record back I'm not really sure how you cheat in the pick record game, but by golly, if I can find a way, I'm going to do it. I promise you that I will win by Real. any means necessary. But, you know, uh, four games back, uh, critically few weeks left in the season. We will see how that goes. But that being said, we will move on into the third segment, as always, our TXPS Media football scoreboard recap where as always we will give you one sentence per each game on the scoreboard completely off the dome we will forego the five games in the left-hand column as we will detail them in more detail so we will start at the very bottom with bishop lynch beating Nolan catholic 59 to 21 legend howl that dude yeah that's a big big win for bishop lynch he is that guy St. Thomas beat St. Pius 42 to 21. Johan Cardenas back. 
He is back, 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 back. Uh, shout out Chris Berman. <laughs> uh, Antonian Prep beats Concordia Lutheran 14 to 0. Uh, rain out? Question mark. <laughs> um, interesting win. I know, like, I know uh, Bode Ferguson is out with injury. I know Landon Prouty was not playing in that game. They're, you know, their star running back. Uh, so those are some of the reasons, but uh, still a good win over a Division One team. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Antonian does this week against St. Thomas. It's a big matchup for a lot of implications. We'll talk about it more later. Good is a strong word, but a, a win, certainly. Houston Christian beats Oak Ridge 45 to nil. Um, what do I say here? <laughs> um, Houston Christian is just warming up, ready for the state championships this week. Frisco Legacy beats Grapevine Faith 45 to 14. Uh, the undisputed number one team in District 2. I tip my hat. I've had some very nice experiences with uh, with Legacy fans over the past couple of days. Or with one, sorry, Legacy player that was giving me uh, information regarding Grace versus Dunn. So I don't know if it's super nice, but it's very cordial. And um, he, he said he appreciated what we do. So I appreciate them not hating me after I went super hard on Grace. So shout out to Legacy. It was way more than one sentence. But yeah, no big win. Uh, that's you know how legacy is kind of they've been in a weird situation for so long, uh, with you know coaching and just different things, and they finally have found their rhythm and the rhythm with a lot of talent on there. Um, it'll result in a district championship. So shout out to them. That's a huge, huge turnaround with for a good team. It's a really, really, really impressive. San Antonio Christian, best Hyde Park, 27-19. I just I will never pick Hyde Park again. <laughs> um what a what a season for San Antonio Christian. Tyler Lewin and company, man. They 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 got some dudes over there and they're showing it week in, week out against one of the better teams in Austin. St. Michael's out of Austin beats Victoria St. Joseph 28 to 21. Um also just didn't quite expect that. Shout out to St. Michael's. Yeah, uh, big, big win. I believe it was an overtime win for St. Michael's. Uh, just very, very impressive for a team that, you know, has also been through so much coaching-wise and everything, a lot of transfers. It's just that's a good, good turnaround for a program and a good win. So, Lutheran South beats TWCA 55-30. to uh, Williams Christian uh, might be dead in the water, man. Yeah, I did not see this coming. I picked this game wrong. Lutheran South... I would love to see if Wesley Willingham and uh, is back with some of the other guys, but shout out Brendan Robinson. He's a dude as a sophomore over there. Covenant Christian beats Grace Prep thirty-eight to thirty-five. As close as the uh, as, as the Grace Prep TCS Lubbock game was, I expected Grace Prep to win this game handedly. Uh, they did not. I was wrong. Another loss on my pick sheet. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, Vernon Wells, that's another team we really need to look into after the season and talk to. And might do, like, a, honestly, a story about because the Covenant Christian, you know, very rough year last year. You know, you lose NL. How do you respond? Well, with a lot of wins. So shout out him, John David Black and company, man. That's a huge, huge win over a team like Grace Prep, who's always really solid. Absolutely. Cypress Christian beats Brentwood 48 to nothing. Uh, John Kelly, good at football. <laughs> John Kelly is that dude. And you keep it up with, a you know, Brentwood's had a good year. Cypress keeps this up, man. You're going to see them in the state championship in Waco in a couple of weeks. 
I think it's a good possibility. Speaking of some D3 action, Legacy Prep beats Bay Area 17 to 14. Uh, shout out to the long line of price sacks that have contributed to Legacy Prep football. <laughs> um, Yeah, keep it up, Legacy. That's a huge win over a good Bay Area team, and it keeps them up, and I'm excited to see what you do in playoffs. Love it, Christian beats Temple Christian. 52-6. Um, what on earth is First Baptist about to do to Temple Christian? Great, great question. Um, that's a good rebound win for Lover Christian here over a solid Temple Christian squad and just dismantles them. Central Texas Christian destroys New Braunfels 49-216. Tabor Tyson. Tote the rock. <laughs> uh Shout out to Maddie Jenkins from New Braunfels. That was my fish camp leader. That was from New Braunfels Christian. Uh, shout out to him. But yeah, big, big win over for Central Texas. I and mean, Ted Bowler Tyson, I mean, those guys, I mean, we're, they're going to have to battle. They battled last week, and now we're about to have to battle a huge matchup with Hallettsville Sacred Heart this week. Cistercian beats Green Hill 39-8, um, a, a fleeting bright spot in an otherwise dark year for Cistercian. But shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to Coach KJ for the hat, man. I appreciate it. You know, those guys have been working hard this year. Not the result they wanted this game for sure, but Green Hill's ahead in the right direction with KJ and a lot of other talented dudes over there. So I'm excited to see them grow for the next couple of years. DC beats McKinney Christian 70 to nothing. I will read verbatim what I said in a text to my uncle who helps coach there. I think y'all's JV could have beat them 50 to zero. Oh, um, next question. I mean, DC, DC. Yeah. Houston Northland beats Rose Hill 41 to seven Northland still proving very impressive on the season. And remember Brad's Christian beat them as well. So I think D four is going to be interesting is all I'm saying. Yeah. Big win for Northland over, you know, a, a solid team like Rose Hill excited to see what Northland does in the playoffs. Fort Bend Christian beats Katie St. John's 52 to zero. Don't look now, but Fort Bend gaining head of steam heading to playoffs. Now I know, K St. John's is awful, but you know, let me speculate. Big win for Fort Ben. I'm gonna guess Romarian Tillman is that guy and showed out this game. Uh yeah. Just another good game to get under their belt going into playoffs. Brownsville St. Joseph beats St. Anthony 63 to nothing. I I'm done talking about District Three. What a what a weird district. But yeah, big, big win for Brownsville St. Joseph. And finally, Pantigo Christian beats Mercy Culture 35 to 15. Is is Raybuck back? Can somebody definitively answer me that? I feel like I'm getting trolled by by burner accounts online. I feel like an old man just falling for falling for Verizon scams. Old man yells at cloud meme, as like always. Uh let me look for you while while we're looking over there. Uh box score. Mercy Culture Prep does have John Raybuck back. Had 108 yards rushing on 20 carries with a touchdown. But a senior year, Jod Raybuck is just not enough. Hi, I'm Waverly West, a Texas private school media intern at Brazos Christian School. And I'm going to be recapping Brazos Christian's win versus Lake Country this past Friday. BCS traveled up to Fort Worth for the game, and it was a relatively uneventful first half. The score was going to be 7-7 to going into halftime. But then, with two seconds left on the clock, Lake Country quarterback Gannon McElroy through a touchdown pass to Elijah Sherman as time expired to make the score 14-7 in favor of Lake Country going into the halftime. Then, fast-forwarding to five minutes left in the fourth quarter, the score was tied 21-all and Brazos Christian had the ball with five minutes left. 
they couldn't score or convert, and so that gave Lake Country possession back with three minutes left in the half. Then, Brazos Christian's defense stepped up and forced a three and out, which gave BCS the ball back with about a minute and 30 seconds left in the half. The Eagles then drove down the field, and Cooper Murr threw a touchdown pass to Jackson Cathy with 31 seconds left in the half. That made the score 28-21, to and then on the next play of Lake Country's drive, Jackson Cathy intercepted the pass to make the final score 28-21 to and seal the win for the Eagles. Quarterback Cooper Murr for the Eagles was 19 of 32 for 342 total yards, and Brazos Christian's defense had 12 sacks and held Lake Country to only 81 rushing yards. BCS is now 5-4 and has a chance to win the district championship with a win at Rose Hill this Friday. Lake Country is now 4-5 and and will play Grace Prep this Friday. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. That will conclude the TXPS Media Scoreboard. As always, we will move on into the fourth section of today's episode, the recaps from Week 8. As I mentioned, we'll take the four games from the left side of the scoreboard, five games, excuse me, and recap them in more detail starting with a game i'm sure walker lot is excited to talk about southwest Let's versus go. fort worth christian the eagles come up big in a must-win game to cement their spot in the postseason sophomore burt toler totes the rock <clears throat> 43 times for 160 yards as the eagles resort to what works best and that is pounding the rock toler grabs a touchdown on the ground as senior quarterback maddox mccarroll throws and rushes for a score Senior kicker Will Chipman also boots two scores through to round out the scoring from Southwest Christian. I think he also hit like a 40-yard field goal, if I saw that right. Uh, absolutely massive leg from the senior. In terms of Fort Worth Christian, quarterback Luke Dodd and wide receiver Kay Crawfler were impressive in the loss for the Cardinals, connecting for a couple scores. So, Walker, this will effectively knock Fort Worth Christian out of the playoffs. SCS will get the four seed. Your thoughts on the contest and also the playoff implications as they stand. Yeah, a uh, big, big win for my Eagles. I'm so proud of them. Thank you. Just congratulations, guys. Uh, big, big win for the program uh, over a team that, you know, we have a lot of history with, I think, Fort Worth Christian. Uh, Bortoller is that guy. I said it when I saw him last or a couple weeks ago against TCA. Bolt Toller is that dude, and I'm excited to see him grow for the next couple of years. He's he's going to be a good, legit prospect. Um, Max McCarroll coming in this week and you know doing really good. Um, it's it's just I'm 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 happy because we had a lot of injuries against Fort Worth All Saints and having to adjust and you know play a good game against Fort Worth Christian. I'm I'm very very happy about it. Um, you know, playoff implications wise, yeah, like you said, Fort Worth Christian is officially knocked out of the playoffs. Wes, you have to tell me if if this is true, if your stat brain remembers this. Did hmm. remember the year that they went like three and five or whatever for with Christian a couple years ago? Did they get did yes. they not make playoffs that year or did they screech in? Do you remember? Was was this 2021? Yes. This was Hogan Nelson's freshman year. I want to say they they snuck in. Um what year was that? Let me think. That's 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 D two. Um, that was twenty twenty one. DC had gone down to D three. Um, uh, not last year. Twenty one, twenty two. They went four and eight, and they lost to. No, they actually made the playoffs that year because they beat Cormdale and Great Unfaith that year. 
Um, oh, I forgot so, that's before the districts. Yeah, the district switch. Oh no, no, no. DC was still in in D two. In D two, yeah, they, they, they lost. It. Yeah, they beat they Second lost. Baptist for the state title. Yeah, yeah, because Dallas Christian lost, beat them sixty three thirty five in the second round. So a four and eight four fourth Christian team made the playoffs and lost in the second round. So this is, I'm saying it now, and fourth Christian per- person is going to chirp me. This might be the first time fourth Christian has not made the playoffs. Since I was in like elementary school, like this is a huge program changing season. Um, you know, we talked about it before the season of how much this, they were going to change. You know, you lose your star quarterback in Hogan Nelson. Luke Dodd comes in is is a solid, really good quarterback, but not even that can help. You know, the kind of the rough season that they had. Um, man, it's going to be interesting to see how this team goes forward. Um, it is it has to be rebuilt. At Fort Worth Christian for the years since I've you know played them in sports, it's the standard was always elite. That's always how they've been, and this is not used to their standard. So rebuild is definitely going to have to come, and it's going to be interesting to watch how that turn you know how that turns out to be. On the other side, SES you know doesn't doesn't make the playoffs last year and rebounds and makes the playoff in a big win over Fort Worth Christian this year. Um, I'm excited to see them in playoffs. It will either be SES now has to go and go to Midland and beat them to get the third spot in that district. If they do, they get the third. If they don't, they get the fourth. But I would love for SES to go to Midland and beat them because that means Wes and I will battle it out for in, in the first round of the playoffs. If they don't, Ryan and I will battle it out in the first round of the playoffs. And I and I think it would be good for SES to, you know, when win against Midland to battle against Grace, but it's going to be interesting to watch, but big win. Have for you ever SES been to Tyler? I no, I don't think I have. Oh, sadly. I could, I could get to, I could get to take you on a little afternoon trip to Tyler and we could, we could see all the, all the sites, but yeah, that would be, that would be fantastic. Um, I'm also now rooting for y'all to go up and beat Midland so that we can have a, a grace SCS matchup. I'm also a little scared of that because I don't really, I, I listen, when we were, when y'all destroyed us in 2021, um, I expected it. I didn't. Really, yeah, it didn't hurt me that much. Um, I like this Grace team a lot, and think that even with the loss to uh, Legacy, they can. They don't deserve to go home round one. So that that does worry me a little bit. Long story short, going to be very interesting regardless. But we will move on to the next game to recap. That is Brazos Christian at Lake Country. And remember how I said that Brazos Christian, uh, Brazos Christian, excuse me, is looking dangerous heading towards the postseason. Will they get a huge win over a formidable Division Three opponent? beating Lake Country Christian 28-21. Freshman quarterback Cooper Murr throws for 312 yards and four touchdowns, finding Chance Locker as well as Truett for and Isaiah Perkins for one apiece. Uh, Truett, I apologize, probably butchered your name, but at least I come by it honestly. Also, junior edge uh, linebacker Brody Gardner comes up huge with three and a half sacks as the Eagles are really finding their footing heading towards the playoffs. Walker, we were very confused um, at the start of the season um after we had picked Brazos Christian essentially I mean maybe to win D4 we had also Lovett Christian and First Baptist up there as well but they really faltered and I mean they they stumbled hard um early it seems like they're really starting to round into form now they look great in district play they go up and beat a Lake Country squad that beat um that beat a fourth Christian squad as well 
So a great win using transitive property. What are your thoughts on Brazos Christian as uh, as they're moving towards the playoffs? No, that's I'm it's it's you know something had to change and uh and maybe that switch and a lot of other things right probably one of the bigger switches was Cooper Murr coming in at quarterback and Jackson Caffey going to running back which is huge for this team and it's definitely for the better um Cooper Murr was a guy that you know coach Washington told us about a lot being like this is the guy that's going to be the future of this team the fact that he's starting as a freshman and doing stat lines like this is huge like like we always say some of the the best thing you know talent takes you a lot you know takes you far but if you also have experience added uh, added with that oh my you can you can be unstoppable and cooper murder having is a very talented quarterback and having this experience and he's going to have three more years after this is huge man i'm excited to see him grow that's a big big win for brazil's christian over his formidable lake country team absolutely big win shout out to coach wash and the whole squad um i guess i might start picking marizos christian again i don't know <laughs> if i have permission to do that but i don't think we will do. see ah, probably not moving into the next game we're going to discuss uh trinity valley versus fort worth country day who fun fact i quite often get mixed up with lake country christian don't know why uh it just happens that way tvs punches their ticket to the title game behind a 312 yard performance from junior phenom Kevin parkhurst Parkers threw a touchdown to Jacob Maynard and also rushed for one, racking up 143 yards on 13 attempts. Maynard and Ben Nagishu also rushed for scores on the contest, and senior Grant Pierce led the Trojans on the defensive front, racking up 13 tackles and three tackles for loss as TVS is really gaining ahead of steam into a title rematch against Houston Christian. So, Walker, we're going to have Jack Klosek on and detail that rematch for the title against Houston Christian here in a little bit. But as for now, TBS um, gets their first win in five years over Country Day, a game that we certainly did not take as a given for the Trojans. Your thoughts on the output? No, that's huge. Um, huge program win for uh, TBS. Um and like I like I said, you know, I said Gavin Parker's was going to come to play. He was going to make it back to the state championship, and that's what he did. Three hundred twelve yards, impressive, impressive man. Um, you know, Grant Pierce is a guy that we haven't talked about much, but a big, big game for him too. Three ta- 13 tackles and three TF- TF- three TFLs. Big, big performance. Um, this this TBS team can take themselves far, and they're very talented across the board. Going over there in the spring ball, being like, okay, this team is legit, and they've showed it this season. Now they have to go to, uh, now they go, you know, 30 minutes down the road to Arlington, and they have to show, um, not Arlington, Hurst, um, and, you know, show what they can do and get revenge on the, in this season uh, loss against Houston Christian. So, yeah, TVS is headed in the right direction. It's a big, big win, and probably they're riding high going into next week. Absolutely. It's going to be a fantastic title game that we will detail here shortly. But as for now, we will move on into another game that determined a title match. St. John's versus Kincaid at Rice Stadium. Walker, uh, I've always said one of my favorite environments I've ever covered a game. And first of all, how was your experience there? Second of all, how'd the game turn out? Yeah, no, I would have loved to been there. I left. I had to do a paper, so I, I had to be a little later. But I would have loved to sit there for like an hour before the game and before even like two hours before the game and just go and 
have a good time. I didn't realize it was that awesome. Like it was such a cool oh, yeah. environment and um, like tailgating and all this stuff. And it, it really felt like I was at a, like a FCS college. Like it was a really, really cool environment. It was awesome. So shout out to that. That was really fun. Rice is a great venue, no cell service, but it was a great venue. Um, Talk to you about the game now. What a win. The Falcons always find a way, and they found a way today. And it's not even that they found a way. They, they were the better team in this one. It was, it was honestly, Miles Raider is that guy. And watching the game now, he had 39 carries, which absolutely made sense. I did not think these yards, it, like I, looking back at it, it definitely makes sense. But in the game, it just felt like he never stopped. But 365 yards on the ground with three touchdowns is absolutely absurd. With Nico Perez, like every time Miles Raider had a 30-yard run and he needed to come out for a break, Nico Perez where they got those two touchdowns for him. So Miles Raider is that guy. And like you, like you, uh, like he tweeted out, uh, Coach Larned, they don't have a bell brother, but they definitely have a bell cow. And that's a huge bell cow to have. And man, he just runs hard. He runs quick, shifty. Um, he just runs hard. Like at the end of the day, Miles Raider just runs harder than the guy tackling him. What's crazy is so you know that Larned quote is a is is kind of a jab at us, right? Oh, 100 percent It's a hundred percent. It's crazy. It's I, I tell people all the time, I completely forget that people actually listen to what we say. I, I always like we get on, we record this, and I'm like, okay, I'm just talking to my computer. I turn it off, I go cover the games. People like actually actually come up to us and like we'll say right. stuff that we said i'm like you you listen to what we say and to have coaches to have spc title winning coaches it's it's hilarious to me it's awesome it's part of the reason i i love learning and what we do no yeah like i mean he kept receipts he 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 showed us and we put him at fourth out of five and yeah. they proven us wrong man they're beating really really solid teams week in and week out and you know this kincaid team i think on the other side we'll talk about them now I mean, Stephen Gill and Cole Allen, Stephen Gill, we'll talk about him for a second. He goes down to one of the best to ever do it at St. John's. I like, like Jack always says, they've never had this good of a season in a very, very long time. And Stephen Gill was a core reason of that, having great years back to back his junior and senior year. And he goes down to one of the best to ever do it at St. John's. And, you know, definitely, is this what they thought they were going to go into this season and not make the state championship? No. All right. But, I mean, they did better than, you know, most seasons of St. John's history. So you have to shout out to them. And that, that great senior class, Michael Murphy, Logan Donnelly, Will Hoffrecht, uh, all of the offensive linemen that are seniors, Stephen Gill, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That team is very, very good. And just, you know, a couple, couple of touchdowns away from making the state championship. But I want to talk about Cole Allen, where – he only had 19 carries and 118 yards and two touchdowns. Now, Cole Allen should have gotten the ball more, in, in my opinion. I, I don't like saying, like, oh, whatever, like, making, like, saying this. Cole Allen was the best player on the field, bar none. And there were so many times they tried to do deep balls to him that the receiver, there was one time a, a DB literally just held him back because he gotten burnt. And then he would have scored because he, he took the 15 rather than the 60. You know what I mean? Like it was that type of game for Cole Allen where no one could really touch him on going. He always got ran up the middle. And so he didn't get the yards that he needed to, but like, man, the, the passing game was just not there. And the, the ability to pass the ball with Stephen Gale only having 108 yards passing limited Cole Allen being able to run the ball up the middle and only having 118 yards rushing. 
So credit to Kincaid's defense. They locked this passing game down, but like, I just wish, you know, Cole Allen got more deep shots because I think, you know, I feel like he would have made a lot more because I don't think there was a guy on that field that could have touched him, but it, you know, that's in the past. St. St. John's does not make it to the state championship, which, I mean, we kind of thought before the season, this was, this was the team. This was the, this was the year, but yeah, big, big win for St. King K that senior class. They play tough. They play disciplined too, man. They're just very, very disciplined. Um, but yeah, big, big win for Kincaid. But yeah, I mean that that it's it's not what actually it is what I predicted going to that game. I say that yeah. because it's not what the the public would have predicted. St. John's on paper, as we say so many times about teams facing Kincaid, uh, is a better team. However, Kincaid just gets it done on the spot. I'm glad I finally trusted my gut. Well, I trust my gut in the state championship matchup against DHS. You're going to have to stick around and find out what my decision is there because I don't even know yet. I'm going to make that one up on the fly. But we will move forward into the last game to recap a game that I was on site at, a game that we had circled for a very long time, Liberty Christian at Fort Worth All Saints. Right off the top, I want to give a huge shout-out to the Fort Worth All Saints Letterman's Club. Um, You've seen, especially when Anna went to All Saints, you all kind of see the tweet circulated on Twitter about how blown away they were with hospitality and how they were treated and just kind of the culture around All Saints. It's kind of stemming from their Letterman's Club. It's fantastic. I mean, it's bar none. Dude, they're smoking. They're smoking um, hamburgers on this in this gigantic trailer and this competition grade smoker. It's ridiculous. Oh, that's awesome. It, dude, it was sick. You have to. I'll find a picture of it. You have to see it. They call it the pit. It's fantastic. All but Saints. I even, will be up there. I will be up there. Don't worry. I will get my food. I will have a good time. Just give me a couple weeks, man. Like I will be back in Fort Worth. Absolutely. But, but yeah, and it's not even, it's not even the food that won me over it was the hospitality. I was shown guys like Scott Guido, everyone that I interacted with. Um, I was, I was treated almost like a celebrity, which I, I don't ever expect or anticipate walking into these things. And it, it, it felt awesome, especially um, to see that a school has parents and a booster club like that rallying around them. It's a recipe for success. I, it's hard to explain um how quantifiable that can be to on the field results but i think it's gonna it's gonna bode very well for all saints i'm very very impressed and blown away by what they're building there but in terms of some game action which is a little more pessimistic for all saints liberty locks up a district title behind 175 yards from chase garnett leading the warriors to a 42 to 13 victory and listen this game was much closer than the score indicates. Liberty only led 18 to 13 by five points going into the final quarter, but they broke it wide open in the final 12 minutes, outscoring All Saints 24 to zip in quarter number four. UConn commit Coelver tossed three touchdowns to three familiar names and Brady Janusek, Michael Stump. And Jalen Hawkins, Chase Garnett. Oh, sorry, that was not uh, Jalen Hawkins. That was Quentin Brown. Jalen Hawkins also had a great game. I just misplaced the names there. Chase Garnett was a man possessed and capped off his evening with a 49-yard touchdown run ignited by a hurdle at midfield. One of the crazier plays I've seen this season. Uh, Also, Michael Stump, heck of a kicker. Two for two on field goals with a 36-yard boot. I don't think he's missed a PAT this season as well. Um, that that kid is equally as good at wide receiver and kicker. He needs to be recruited in some capacity to go play at the next level. Uh, fantastic. Keldon Ryan also looked the part early for All Saints. Um, and I say looked the part that's undershooting. He looked fantastic. He is one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks I've seen 
um, covering games. Um, and he will be a threat in the playoffs, especially guys like Quamate Williams and Dougie Daughter that he can throw to. Listen, uh, let's not kid ourselves. We're going to see this matchup again in the playoffs. And I was talking to all the All Saints people, and I was like, listen, y'all really hope that the script follows the same way it did last year. Y'all lose in the regular season, but y'all get it back when it matters. Um, it'll be interesting, man. I, I, I do think this game, as surprising as it is, can be encouraging to all saints because you know, the final score is what it is. There's only 18 to 13 going into the last quarter. And then all saints kind of, you know, uh, incinerated before our eyes, but they prove that they have the athletes to play with the best of the best. Liberty still is going to be the favorite in every game they play until they either lose or win the title. But um, both teams, very good. We'll see them again. Walker lot. I just talked for probably too long regarding this game, but your thoughts on, on a brawl between the Titans. Yeah. What a win for Liberty Christian. And like you said, Wes, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm going to throw it back to you a little bit. I know you've been talking, but do you, if this game happens again, do you think it's going to be another close game? I know, you know, for it's four, it's a four quarter game, but do you think, you know, both teams like adjust and you think Liberty blows it out of the water or do you think all Saints truly has a chance in round two of this? I'm going to go off the rip and say that it's close. Um, I, I think I've seen too many games like this to say that Liberty um, is obviously going to come out and blow them out. That being said, I don't think that they have an answer for Brady Janus sect. I jump ball sect. Exactly. There's one. It's funny. Uh, it's stump. Did you see that comment that that yeah. stump tagged it? That was funny. I I don't know if they had that name for him or they're pulling that off. Um, the amount of times I've I've said jump ball, Janusek or Janusek jump ball. But hey, uh, Brady, if you ever go do nil work and you know all that, we'll give you. We can we can do nil for jump ball, Janusek <laughs> at the next level. How's that? But yeah, we can absolutely get that done. That could be a fantastic shirt. But yeah, you know. Um, I don't think they have an answer for Janus Seg. And that's that's stemming from one play specifically where um where uh Weller tried to hit Janusek, uh missed him. It was good coverage. It might have been, I think it might have been Kevin Doddard. I don't know, but there was a lot of jawing after that play. Whatever All Saints DB it was, you know, kind of like uh, basically was like you're not catching that. Next play, um, next play, fourth down, Janusek converts. It's just I that's going to be it's like everything else. I don't know if they can stop. Um, I don't know if they can stop all senses receivers. Long story short, I think it'll be competitive. I don't think Liberty's going to come and blow them out. I don't think all saints will win the rematch when it comes to it. That's fair. Yeah, there, there's some guys that are just difference makers, and Brady Janusek is that type of guy. Um, man, I it's it's like some people just have it. And he's one of them where he just comes to play night in night out, night out, even if that's on defense, on offense. He's just an athlete, you know, multiple sort sport athlete. He can dog you in basketball, baseball. He's a committed OU and he's probably great at track too. He's just a, he's just that guy. Like I, there's not that many people that are literally like that. And he's one of them, man. And having a guy like that with all the talent around him, like Stump and Hawkins and Brown, and then on, you know, defense is everything else that they have on there with Blevins and Sekier and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The, you know, the Witten twins or Witten brothers, like, man, this team is loaded. But 
I'm never going to count out all Saints, man. You know, Kelton Ryan got a taste of this, and he's going to kind of, you know, brush it off, and I think he's going to be back there with a vengeance coming playoff time. But in that, that's a game you definitely don't want to miss. But big, big win for Liberty Christian. Like we said, you know, in the offseason, this game was going to be electric, and it was. And, you know, Liberty comes out with the win. I will be eagerly awaiting the rematch to this game because I'm not even really worried about jinxing it. I think we will see both of these teams play each other again. will be interesting to see how the playoffs shake out, but that's a conversation for another episode. So that will conclude our recaps of last week's games. We will now get into our other news segment where we get into a personal favorite segment of mine. Do they cover? So we will, as always, ask, will four teams cover? Um, four teams through TAPS D134, starting with the team that started this entire segment, Dallas Christian. Last week, they did, in fact, cover. I think the spread was 40 or 50 against McKinney Christian. They won by 70. This week, they're on a bye. So short conversation there. Next game, does Parrish cover? Last week, they did not cover against Trinity Christian Addison. They were, I think, 40-point favorites, only won by 28 or so. This week, they're 28.5-point favorites versus Prestonwood. Walker, I think it's probably prudent that we save this until we get to the episode. Yeah, so we will we will shelf this and come back to it since we are previewing this game. Thankfully, we're not previewing the next two games so we can give our picks right now. Liberty Christian, last week they did, in fact, cover against Fort Worth All Saints. This week, they are 35.5-point favorites versus TCS Lubbock in a game that in no way, shape, or form should be played by either team. I am eagerly hoping both teams cancel this game. Um, maybe <laughs> I can put a phone call in to my to my good friend Jason Witten and, uh, and get that closed down. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they, they cover. If the game is played, which I hope it's not, it's covered. Liberty covers. Uh, yeah. Even... I think it's in a cool venue, right? Is it is it at McMurray or like a college stadium, something like that? I think probably. Uh, so that's gonna be cool. But yeah, uh, Liberty big covers here. Probably rest half their team at halftime. That's a, if that's what I would probably do. But um, you got you got playoffs to worry about. You know what I mean? So, I I if I'm if I'm either of these teams, I make it I make it a JV game. I just I listen. There's a lot of people that are a lot smarter than me that make decisions like this. This fire this game into the sun. It's there's a yeah. no win situation for either team. Just take an extra bye week, get people some rest. Anyways, I, I won't rant about that any longer. Although I might carve out a new segment in here so I can have 20 minutes to go off on why that game shouldn't be played. Does Fal- <laughs> now I'm all tripped up. Does Dallas First Baptist cover the D4 team last week? They did in fact cover. This week, they are 28.5-point favorites against Fort Worth Temple Christian. Let's do some quick math. Um, Lovett Christian beat Fort Worth Temple 50-6. to uh, First Baptist beat Lovett Christian, um, you know, by an almost similar margin. Uh, yeah, they're going to absolutely destroy Temple Christian, probably by an, in the neighborhood of 55 or 60 points. Yes, they cover. Oh, yeah. They might double that. They might. So what would that be? It'd be a little under 60. That'd be like 59 yeah. points. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I, I'd take it as much as that. Uh, like we've said, the spreads do get better uh, later in the year as there's more data to pull from. But this is also just an absolute undershot. Take uh, take First Baptist to cover if you can find any bookmaker that. Uh, let. Nope. We're not going to say that. 
moving <laughs> moving on it's sorry it's 11 42 p.m the last couple of weeks we've had to record late because the rangers somehow found themselves in the world series and we have to stay up and watch them so also shout out to jack close who you'll see here in a moment for being a trooper uh staying up even later than we are it is about 11 30 p.m eastern time so we greatly appreciate him coming on but that being said, Walker Lot, let us get into my favorite portion of the episode and pick some games, but not before we hear a word from our sponsor, High Point Signs and Apparel. Walker, these guys are fantastic. They were such great help in us building our merch line, um, making our hats, the hoodies, the t-shirts. I had Cole Welliver tell me um after our after the game last Friday that it's it's one of his favorite hoodies that he he wore it up to that game as well after he told us he wore it to midland so if you want if you want a better endorsement from from anyone else i don't know where else you're going to look we we've said it's good uh the players that wear it say it's good um yeah. they're fantastic listen high point doesn't miss deadlines they provide exceptional customer service they will meet or beat any price they also create online stores that can provide your employees with apparel or they can be profit centers walker uh, we love the guys at high point signs and apparel um what are your thoughts on on how easy they are to work with i mean cole weller said you know cole they're winning games and i'm not just i'm not saying it's because of us but I'm not going to say it's not because of us. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, maybe it gives good luck, you know, using high point signs and apparel to help you win games, man. I, I don't know how to else to say it, but Hey, playoffs are coming up. Go buy some shirts, you know, where you can go buy them. High point signs and apparel. They're easy to work with. You want great, good craftsmanship. Go talk to high point signs and apparel. You want hats that are very stitched really well that we use. And we love our hats. Go talk to high point signs and apparel. Go talk to high point signs and apparel, playoff shirts, playoff signs, Whatever you need, they will help you out with. Go check out High Point Sons of Apparel. They're the real deal. They're great people, great workers, and just awesome people to work with. Go check them out. Absolutely. So go check out High Point Signs and Apparel. The link to their website is in the description of this show. So go down, click it right now. Yes, right now. Book with them. They are fantastic. So thank you to High Point Signs and Apparel for sponsoring this episode. All right, a uh, quick fourth wall break. It's actually the next day from when you were previously watching. We're going to do like the first three games. It's why I'm not wearing my Halloween attire. It's too much to explain to get into, but just know uh, we had to make a quick switch in there. But Walker Lot into our games of the week, the best segment of each week, in my opinion. We're going to start with three district title games and then get into two SPC championship games, probably the most star studded cast of games that we've had so far i'm incredibly excited to kick it off with sacred heart versus central texas christian the first of three district titles are on the line this friday as nine and oh Hollettsville Sacred Heart will travel to five and four Central Texas Christian in a competition for a top seed. Listen, don't let Central Texas' record fool you. These teams are neck and neck. Nick Angerstein and Brady Haas are flat out studs for Sacred Heart. The Indians can get you through the air or on the ground. And with a defense allowing only eight points a game with three shutouts, there's not a lot of chinks in this armor. However, Central Texas Christian has been building for a while, and they are here now. If there's one guy to discuss in this Lions squad, it's senior running back Tibor Tyson. You look at these box scores, and it seems like Tyson is rushing for 200 yards every single game. It's honestly phenomenal. 
in terms of the game itself, it's 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 very hard for me. So let's take two common district opponents and try to see if we can build in a transitive property work here. Against St. Paul, Sacred Heart won 31 to 14, whereas Central Texas won 40 to nothing. New Braunfels Christian Academy, Sacred Heart won 45 to 17, Central Texas won 49 to 16. Um, if you're not feeling very convinced after both of those two games, um, you're probably in the right boat because I'm not either. These two teams are neck and neck. There's not a whole lot to differentiate them. <sighs> I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to take Central Texas Christian in this game. I love Sacred Heart. I love Nick Angerstein. I love Brady Haas. I think it's fantastic that they're finally getting the shine they deserve. I just, it's it's a gut reaction. I think Tabor Tyson has the potential to be the best player on the field. I love how Central Texas Christian has built. Um, they built off of a great start to last season, and now they find themselves playing for a district title. Uh, I got to ride with the Warriors in this one, Walker. Yeah, this is going to be a good one, man. I'm very, very excited to see how this does. You know, a battle of two teams that have kind of been in the shadows of the past couple of years because of, you know, Shiner St. Paul. And this year, not, not, not the case. Shiner is on a down year, and Sacred Heart and Central Texas Christian are taking the reins of Division Four in the South. And I'm excited to see how these two teams battle it out. It, I should be, this is the game I should be at this Friday night. I'm very excited for it. Um, And I'm going to go, you know, last time I picked these teams, one team, you know, I picked not, I picked against one team and I picked the other team right and they got me correct. I'm going to go with Nick Angerstein and the Houndsville Sacred Indians. Man, these guys are coming ready to play. They've had they've had a great season so far. They they're nine and zero. They're undefeated. And I think they're going to continue their undefeated streak with the last game and their regular season. And they're going to probably prove to everyone that they might be the team going to Waco this some this you know in a couple of weeks. But this game is also definitely going to be played in a couple of weeks in the semifinal matchup in Division Four sometime soon. But this is going to be a good one, and I'm excited to watch this one. Yeah, absolutely. I don't really think you can go wrong. Um, picking a team this game, and I do hope you're correct that we see a rematch of this in the playoffs so that hopefully this is is more trivial and less of an impactful game, shall we say. But that being said, we will move up three divisions to the Division One South uh, District Championship game, Antonian versus St. Thomas. And like I mentioned, the second of three district title games will kick off this Friday in San Antonio. Listen, St. Thomas is phenomenal. Uh, you've heard it from us all year. Senior quarterback Dante Lewis deserves an episode of his own, but just know a backfield consisting of him and Vanderbilt commit Johan Cardenas should be outlawed. Yeah. You add in receiving threats like Luke Edgecombe, Larry Benton, and the offensive side of the ball alone is a scary sight. And even though the defense isn't exactly pitching shutouts, guys like Tyler Day and Michael Anthony Acora certainly have game-changing potential. And I be- and I believe Michael Anthony Acora, after being hurt for the past couple of weeks, I think he's been. I think he was back last week, and he's definitely going to be back this week. That'll be huge. But let's not forget who the reigning district champions are: Chase Toscano, Riley Stroh, Landon Prouty. They're nothing short of phenomenal for Antonia, and this offense has scored 35-plus in eight out of nine games this season. Just take a second and and, and let that sink in. That is ridiculous. Mm. The defense is allowing 22 points per game to St. Thomas is 24. However, St. Thomas has Johan this time around. That's reason enough for me. Um, I Listen, the only the reason this game might be a little shaky for me is it's in san antonio it's at antonian we always know central and antonian always bring out good crowds um yeah it's it, it's tough in that regard but 
listen, I'm falling into the same trap that I did last year, except this year the the trap is laid while St. Thomas has Johan and Johan is a good enough player that um that I'll I'll walk blindly into that trap and be okay with it. Give me St. Thomas. This is gonna be a fun one. Uh I know these two teams really well. I've seen both of them this year. And, you know, we talk so much in the offseason about how this is St. Thomas's year. They have the probably the most talent and any team in DF and private school ball outside of like Liberty, All Saints, and Parish, they're extremely talented. And but on the other side, Antonian, like you said, has been balling this year. And I would, you know, Jason Toscano is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the state. He's poised, he's confident, and he makes stuff happen. Combining him with Lan- Lan- Rally Strode, Landon Prouty, Mikey Moreno, um, all the other receivers they have. I mean, what more do you want on the offensive side? 35 points a game and eight out of nine. They are cooking this year. It's this is this is hard. Um, it's in in San Antonio. Antonio went to Houston last year, beat him at their own place. They ha- don't have Ricky Gonzalez this year, sadly, but they still have so many talented guys. But the interesting thing for me is, you know. Looking at their game so far, right, for Antonio, they got 28 put on them against St. Pius. And it was a close game for a while. And St. Pius, at least when I saw them against Concordia a couple weeks back, they heavily you know, relied on their run game. And allowing 28 points by St. Pius in their run game kind of scares me. Um because there's another guy on the other side of that field who's going to be the best running back in all of TXPS this year, and that's Johan Cardenas. Johan Cardenas against Regents dominated, and that's his first game back, and he you know scored multiple, multiple times, showed out. And with a guy like that, I mean, it's hard to get a pick against them. But you know who I'm also, you know, you know it's leaning in their favor anyways, but you know the guy who pushes it over for me? It's Uno. It's yeah. it's number one for Houston St. Thomas. As long as you got Dante Lewis on the sideline, I'm not picking against Houston St. Thomas. It's just not going to happen. I, I'll ride with that guy to the end, man. I think he's one of the best. I think he's a Division One prospect at quarterback. I think he's an electric factory. He will dominate any game he plays. That's just who he is. Give me Dante Lewis. Give me Yohan Cardenas. Give me Houston St. Thomas. And uh, wait. Give me St. Thomas in this one, man. St. Thomas. Whatever. I don't know their sign, but yeah, go, go, I guess Eagles go Eagles, but yeah, go St. Thomas, man. Give me this one. Yeah. Uh, that scares me tremendously that we're both on the same side of this game walking Absolutely. into it because I, I just, you know, uh, it's not like Antonia needs any more motivation, but we just gave it to them. But uh, listen, even if they win, I guess I can claim that we gave them uh, the motivation. So I'm hedging my bets there, but also incredibly scared going into that game. I think it's going to be closer than people anticipate, but we must move on to the other Division One district title bout, which is Parrish versus Prestonwood, a third district title match before our championship ballots. Prestonwood will travel to Parrish in an attempt to upend the Panthers' attempt at a fifth straight district title. Just absolutely insane, that stat in itself. Even after losing wide out Hutch Crow to injury in week four, Guys like Jalen Pyle and Carson Darby have stepped up in a big way. And with a guy like Purdue commit Sawyer Anderson throwing to them, Parrish is still a state title favorite no matter which way you slice it. However, 
After their struggles to D2 Goliath, Liberty, and All Saints, Preston One has rattled off five straight wins in dominant fashion. Tulane commit Kellen Tasby at quarterback, Takashi Shaw at running back, Jack Harwell defensive line, Gunnar Narvier at wide receiver. The talent is there, no question. And people have been asking from the beginning of the season to now, with Paris showing signs of humanity this season, is this the year that Preston Wood catches them and takes the district? No. No, it is not. Um, don't get me wrong. Preston Wood's great. Donnie Yantis is building a fantastic program there. Not like the program's been down. He's he's taking right. control of a very good program and turning it hopefully better in the coming years. Uh, Kellen Tasby's electric. Jack Harwell is one of my oh. favorite players in all of private school. Fantastic. And Takashi Shaw is just a, a well-added addition to that team. It's just, it's it's perished, dude. It's kind of a lazy take to say, you know, a, a team is the Kings until they're knocked off, but partially true here, and, and partially I, I just think they're going to get it done. Um, yeah, it, they, I don't have a lot of reason to pick against them. Hutch Crow going down um, is, is interesting, but they have almost played better since then, obviously not due to his, his absence, but... Uh, a lot of I think it's forcing a lot of guys to step up for Parish. Um, it's forcing them to get more creative, and it's turning into wins one way or another. This game is going to be close. Um, I, I think it will be. I think from a talent standpoint, they're very equally matched. But I'm not going to bet against Coach Novikov in this spot until he gives me a reason to. So I'm taking Parish. Walker Lot, where are you sliding? Now this is going to be a fun one, man. Uh, you know, Parish has uh, a lot of talent, like they always do, right? But they've lost a couple games and they've rebounded sensationally. Like no better, no no other team has really done. You know, taking the losses they have and kind of rebounded. Um, very very impressive. Spencer Patterson reached out to us about a guy that we you know who's been having a great district slate. Guy Stern, the safety, like three pick sixes in three straight weeks, has had a dominant senior campaign. Um, I'm excited to see him play and see how he dominates. But um, for my pick, you know. My my com my costume for Halloween was the King of Picks, right? And one of these teams for the past couple of years has been the Kings of Private School. And that's Parish Episcopal. Give me Parish Episcopal. You gotta go with the Kings. Like myself, the King of the Picks. I have to go with Kings of Private School. Give me Parish Episcopal in this one. Do I think that Presswood has the talent to do it? Absolutely. But Novikov doesn't come to play in the big time games and he's not going to play in this one. Give me him. Give me uh, Sawyer Anderson. Give me the rest of that team, man. I'm going to keep it a buck 50 with you. These uh, last two games scare me immensely. I, I think both the teams, you know, I'm, I'm confident. Don't get me wrong. in both of my picks in St. Thomas and Parrish, but it, it just it it scares me deeply because I think both teams on the opposite side of them are very good. And um, especially being at Parish at Prestonwood, um, I'm just afraid of what's going to happen to me if Prestonwood somehow takes this game. So to all the parish, uh, all the parish guys listening, for the love of God, please take care of business <laughs> for my safety following the contest. But with that being said, that actually recaps all our previews, excuse me, all of our district title matchups. But now we get into the meat and the potatoes, the state title matchups with a special guest returning. We'll get into that now.
And now we are going to get into some championship games. Our second special guest of the episode, a reoccurring one, I think our third straight week, Jack Klosek, the fantastic SPC analyst for arguably, no, not even arguably, the most important week for the Southwestern Preparatory Conference of the year. Jack Klosek, first of all, welcome back. Second of all, what are we looking at in this fantastic championship Saturday? Oh, it's going to be a great one. The only thing that's, you know, just a little bit of a shame is that the locations are going to be a little bit different as one game is going to be played in the Metroplex at Pennington Field, um, where the Trinity Trojans play. That'll be the 3A game. And then Episcopal versus Kincaid, what you want to see, the kind of a heavyweight matchup. It'll be played at University of Houston Saturday night. Um, these are these are the four best teams. Trinity Valley, we uh, knew was going to be back there. Um, Houston Christian was the surprise team. I think we all knew that Houston Christian was going to be a lot better. Um, and they've taken some steps forward under uh, AJ Eisenman's second year. But I I didn't have them going eight and two, setting a program record for wins in the regular season. Quarterback Brett Kilchrist setting numerous passing records. Um, they've had a heck of a season. And no matter what happens Saturday night, they ha- or Saturday afternoon, I should say, they have a lot to be proud about. And then in the 4A ranks, Kincaid has been in the SBC title every year since 2016. Um, they've been a part of that. And um, Episcopal makes the SBC championship for the back-to-back years. They will play as the two-seed. Episcopal is the one in 3A. Uh, Hugh Christian is the one-seed. Trinity Valley is the two-seed. These are, these are going to be a, couple, a bunch of heavyweights going at it. Should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of points scored. Um, and it's going to be a great weekend of football, guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting to me just because and something you don't see in a lot of state championship games because it's usually kind of a north versus south type atmosphere. Um, the SBC, you always yeah, you're going to always have two teams that have already played each other before. So it makes these matchups a lot more interesting. We'll discuss how uh, how that impacts our analysis of the game and potentially our picks. And yeah, it'll be super interesting. Walker lot before we dive into the first game, uh, anything mm. that you're interested in as it kind of from a macro view, looking at these two games. I mean, it's all, this is a lot of just straight revenge games. You know what I mean? Like this is both teams like have something fighting for, uh, you know, TBS is fighting for revenge on Houston Christian during the season. Uh, Kincaid is fighting for revenge on St. Uh, on Episcopal during the season. And also tactically Belair is fighting revenge on Kincaid for, you know, the past couple of years. So um, yeah, this is, is a lot of revenge and kind of getting justice for what they believe they deserve. So it's going to be a good one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love there's so many storylines threaded through both of these matchups. It, it kind of gives me goosebumps. It's a it's what football is about. And we're about to preview that in great detail. So, Mr. Steve Irwin, let's look at the SPC 3A matchup. Tell us what we need to know about the game. This is going to be a rematch up of the only conference loss that Trinity Valley had. They dropped that game 34 to 32. Wes, you were on site um, and got to see kind of the inner workings of that game. Uh, Houston Christian finished six and zero in district play, um, their first you know district championship I I think ever. They're they they're playing in their first SPC championship since I believe 2012. Excuse me, 2013. This is the first time they've been in the playoffs since 2015. They have never made the playoffs since the SPC got rid of the 14 playoff since 2016. Um, and from where they were last year, going three and seven. Um, losing to Oak Ridge, losing to Cistercian, to going to eight and two this year. You can't say enough about what that program has done. They've really turned things around. In terms of Trinity Valley, they're eight and one with only a two point loss to uh, Houston Christian. You know, it's tough to beat a team twice. 
with, with Gavin Parker throwing for over 2,000 yards, Ben Nagishu over 10 rushing touchdowns, Carter Lay and Tucker Howell with over five rush or five receiving touchdowns apiece. Um, they have no shortage of, of, of weapons on their offense. Um, this is going to be a fun matchup with a lot of firepower. I think it might even be a little more high scoring than the first um, than the first matchup. But this is this is what you want to see. Um, and it's tough to pick a matchup like this. Two very evenly matched teams, a um, lot of talent. Um, on the Houston Christian side, as we've mentioned, Brett Kilchrist, Jordan Ellie Stewart, um, Jack Henning. On on the Trinity Valley side, Gavin Parkhurst, Jacob Maynard, Ben Nagishu, Will Scott, Luke Williams. It's a t- it's, it's going to be a tight matchup, and it's it could go either way. But it's really tough to beat a team twice. And Houston Christian hasn't been there. Trinity Valley has, and it, it breaks my heart that I have to do this. But it's really tough to beat a team twice, and it's tough to beat a team twice up in the Metroplex. I'm going to ride with Fort Worth, give me Trinity Valley, winning a one-score ball game over Houston Christian for their first SPC title since 2017. Man, that that is that that's interesting, and I like it a lot. And that might be – I'm trying to think if that's the consensus favorite. I mean, I feel like because we all picked Trinity Valley – I think going to a game. Did any of us take Houston Christian? I don't think so. But anyways, yeah. And even even with Houston Christian winning that district, um, it's it still feels like Trinity Valley is the favorite in this game. It's incredibly interesting. Uh, what I will say is I usually write the scripts out for all the episodes, so I know what my pick is um, well before we record. I didn't. I didn't write the script. I let Jack preview these games. I still don't quite know what my pick is, and for that reason, I'm going to defer to Walker Lot. Walker, this this game is fantastic. It's about as closely, tightly wound as you could possibly make a football game. What do you anticipate happening on Saturday? Man, this is going to be a this is going to be a good one. Both teams, you know, fighting for a lot of glory. Uh, TBS is fighting for revenge, and you know. Houston Christian is fighting for, for a state championship for the first time for them in pr- quite some time. Um, you know, coming down to small schools, seeing if they can dominate. Um, you know, coach, the coach over there has been phenomenal and a great dude. And when I went and talked to him, he was like, we're headed in the right direction. And I mean, the the way, like from three and seven to eight and two, it's been phenomenal for them. So it's been awesome to watch. For my pick. Man, I don't know. Like this is, this is hard, but I'm gonna go. Like like Jack, you can't beat a team twice. Give me Fort Worth. Uh, give me Trinity Valley. Give me the Trojans. If you told me when I was in high school, I would want the Trojans to win. I would have been cra- I would have been called crazy. But play that Leon Bridges, baby. Give me Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> Man, man, oh man, yeah. I mean, th- those are the words that have been echoing in my head, you know, since we started recording and since Jackson Saint the past couple weeks. It's incredibly difficult to beat a team twice, and that's you know, it's going to factor into my into my picks most likely. Unless you're Houston Christian, I think Houston Christian can get this done. Now, granted, that was only a two point win against Trinity Valley. It, it was it was more than that. Trinity Valley got you know a garbage time to score. I feel like Houston Christian won that game by even more than they did. 
Um, and listen, I feel like Trinity Valley has a chance or they had a chance to make a ton of adjustments. Gavin Parkhurst will most likely be the best player on the field. And Ben Nagishu, I think, will be the most underrated guy on that field. He is a fantastic running back that I don't know why he's not talked about enough. But, dude, Brett Kilchrist, Jordan Ellie Stewart, and and everyone else on that squad, I'm a huge fan of A.J. Eisenman, what he's doing with that program. It's no secret how much I love Terry Pirtle, their athletic director. Um, yeah, it, just for the sake of diversifying the pod, if anything, so we're not all three-on-one squad. But I love this Houston Christian team. We were right on them at the beginning of the season, saying they were going to be in the spot. I'm going to take Houston Christian in this matchup. And I think it's going to be incredibly interesting. Uh, it scares me because I've got some skin in the game here, and I'm going to be at that game. And if Trinity Valley pulls it off, I know uh, Parkhurst, Nagishu, Maynard, Will Scott, all those guys are going to let me know. But it's it's going to be a fun time. I'm very excited for that. But moving forward, we have yet another championship matchup. This is a rematch of last year um, that I'm sure Jack will be very excited to talk about some history from last year in the past, considering history tends to favor the Kincaid Falcons. Episcopal versus Kincaid for all the marbles, the SPC 4A title, bragging rights, whatever you want to call it. Jack, what do we need to know about this historic matchup? Oof. Let's dive right into the history. Kincaid is the winningest program in the state of Texas with 32 SBC championships. They are seeking their 33rd. That would be six more than the New York Yankees who have 27 World Series to put that into context. They've been a part of every SBC championship since 2017. They have won every SBC championship they've played in since 2017, excluding 2019. Larnett, Coach Larnett has beaten Episcopal four different times in his tenure in 2015, 2017, 2018, and 2022. Kincaid seeks their first three-peat since 1985 to 1987, and that three-peat was a part of 10 straight SBC championships from 1978 to 1987. Coach Larned is seeking his seventh SBC championship as head coach. He currently has six, 2013, 2015, 2017, 2018, 2021, and 2022. And four of of Larned's six SBC titles have come against Episcopal. In 2013, it was St. Mark's, and in 2021, it was against ESD. And finally, Coach Larnett has never had a losing season as head coach of Kincaid, and he's had at least six wins in each season he has coached in. Episcopal, on the other hand, has had four SBC titles under head coach Steve Lease since he took over, I believe, in 2006 or 2007. Um, They've won in 2009, 2012, 2014, and 2019. And a fun fact is all four of those victories have come against Kincaid. Hmm. Episcopal seeking their first SPC title in four years. Um, and they have made their second straight SPC title game since in 2020 and 2021, they had back-to-back losing seasons. This game is filled with a ton of talent on both sides, but you know, enough can't, you know, there's a lot, a lot of talent on the Episcopal side from Carson Gordon to Braylon Thompson, Brandon Thomas, Billy Wheelis, Alex Lozada, Colin Walton, Madden Morgan, Tyler Sosarski, Cullen Witt, you know, it, it, they're the team that maybe on paper, you know, you you know, some would say, you know, the more the more talented team certainly probably has the more talented offensive line. But Kincaid, on the other hand, just gets it done. Last year, we, we've talked about Micah Bell running the ball. We've talked about Dylan Bell running the ball. Well, Miles Rader racked up 365 rushing yards against St. John's last week, and he had 313 all-purpose yards against ESD two weeks before. Nico Gomez has shown that not only is he a leader on defense, he can also take over an offense to the tune of two touchdowns against St. John's. David Capobianco has done what's been asked of him all season long. 
He's hit targets when he's needed to, and he's you know been a been a great leader handing the ball off. You know, as Kincaid has been running the ball a ton. Christian Murray, Jordan Manuel, Will McMacken, Robbie Taylor, Grant Peterson have all been solid weapons as well. Episcopal enters this game eight and one in conference. Their only loss coming to St. John's. Kincaid comes in seven and three with losses to Jasper High School, St. Thomas, and Episcopal. It's a tale as old as time. Kincaid losing in the regular season and avenging their loss in the SPC title. This year, Kincaid will be the one seed in SPC because of a tiebreaker, even though they lost to Episcopal because St. John's, Kincaid, and Episcopal all finished at three and one. And Kincaid had the best point differential with plus, plus seven as opposed to plus six. They will be the one seed. This is going to be a lot of fun. There's revenge on the line. There are great rushers on both sides. Brandon Thomas, you know, carried Episcopal to a victory when Carson Gordon, you know, stepped up for Carson Gordon in that game to the tune of five touchdowns. Miles Raider has shown that he can tote the rock to the tune of 300-plus yards rushing. This is what you want to see. This is going to be a great matchup. This is, this is you know, this is the best of the best of SBC football. But you guys know me. I'm always going to ride with the Falcons. But more so than that, it's tough to beat a team twice. Kincaid showed that, you know, they were every bit as capable of hanging with Episcopal, losing 42 to 35. They showed immense fight, coming up with two big turnovers and tying that game at 35. If not for Brandon Thomas and, you know, their lapse in defense, they easily could have won that game, and we'd be looking at a different SVC title. Episcopal may have more talent in certain aspects, but the way that Kincaid has gelled together, the way that they've played together, and how Coach Larned has been able to coach in big games throughout the years leaves me no choice but to pick the Falcons. I ride with the Dirty Birds, Talon's up, and I can't wait for Coach Larned to get a seventh title this Saturday. And for my boys, Nico Gomez, Grant Peterson, PK, Raider, you know, all the fellows that I played with to get the three-peat and to become the first team since the mid-1980s to do that. Go Falcons. Absolutely unashamed of your own bias, Jack. A man after my own heart. I respect it. I love it. It is fantastic. We at least come by honestly um, with our old ties and it, fantastic analysis as well. Walker Lot, this uh, it, it's a familiar spot picking EHS versus Kincaid. And to be honest with you, I don't think a whole lot is different from previous years. What are you anticipating from this year's championship matchup? Now this is this is this has been a this is an interesting one and of course you know Jack said everything so I'm going to keep myself short and sweet on this one. I've been saying all year that this is the best team in the SBC. I've been saying that they're going to get revenge for last year's state championship. And I am the king of the picks and every king needs their knights. Give me the knights baby. Give me the knights. EHS, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I almost go spat out. I almost spat out my water. <laughs> like I'm corny. That was good though. Oh, I, I do like that a lot. And yeah. Um, it's it's uh, listen, I'll I'll be brief as well. It's no question um who the more talented team is. 
Um, Carson Gordon is an absolute phenom to quote his Instagram handle. He is, he is one of the best athletes I've ever seen. So I've started covering the sport and that's not even discussing them. Both of them are, are fantastic athletes, guys like Madden Morgan, Tyler Sisnarki. They're all so it's, it's too much talent. It's hard to beat a team twice. It is hard to beat a team twice. Listen, Larned, Larned made a post that said we might not have a bell brother. We do have a bell cow. And that's the philosophy I'm going to ride with. I've been burned too many times betting against Kincaid in these spots where they're obviously overmatched from a talent standpoint, but they just get the job done. I, I have to ride with them. Um, I, I don't think I can I, – I can justify taking a gamble – on Kincaid and losing. I, I at least know that I made what my gut said. If I pick against Kincaid and get it wrong again, I won't be able to forgive myself. Um, I, I think they have the chops to get it done. Both these teams have been here before. It's straight up going to come down to who wants it more. Uh, I, I'm going to ride with Kincaid in this game, short and sweet. Uh, it, Jack, we're we're in the same boat today here, buddy. And I hope that I hope that Walker Lot is is disappointed, and I get a, I get a game up on him. But regardless regardless how the game turns out, it's going to be fantastic. The amount of athletes on both sides of the ball, and and both of these games are going to be electric. I'm so daggum excited for it. Um, so yeah, Jack, as we close out what will be the final the final preview of any SBC action this season, it's wild that I'm saying that. But is there anything you want to leave the people with? as we wrap up our final preview. Yeah, I'm very thankful to you, to Walker, to Ryan, to the TXPS media group for number one, this platform, to be able to share my experience and my insight with you guys. That's the biggest blessing of this all. I don't do it just because I love it. I love giving credence to what Kincaid has done for me as not just an athlete, but, you know, a young man um, who's, you know, turning into a, a grown adult. Um, but also highlighting the talent throughout SPC. So I, I want to highlight that. And at the same time, this has been an awesome season. Um, a lot of teams took step for, steps forward. St. John's took a great step forward. It's a shame, you know, given the format that they lose out. Um, Trinity Valley took a huge step forward. Houston Christian, an amazing story. Green Hill breaking their, their losing streak winning their first district games since 2017. There have been awesome stories throughout this entire conference. Um, and it's it's really been an amazing ride getting to cover it for the second straight year. And I'm just looking forward to many more. And I hope this is an awesome weekend that caps off a great season with two very competitive games with four awesome teams that have a ton of talent and whoever wants it more, may the best team win, may the best man win. Um, God bless you all. And, you know, thank you for the opportunity. Go Falcons. Absolutely, Jack. We are equally thankful and appreciative of your work. Um, obviously, both Walker and I know a bit about the SBC, but we're TAPS guys at heart. So to bring in somebody that knows the SBC in and out, went through it, played in the conference, knows guys from all different teams, it helps us a ton. And we're obviously incredibly grateful for that. I also like you bringing up how grateful you are to the Kincaid for you know making you into the person you are. Both Walker and I, I know, share the same sentiment towards Grace and Southwest Christian. It's just it's cool to see 
um, the impact that schools like that can have on your life, especially as you go out into the real world. It's really cool to hear people say things like that. But Walker Lot, as as we wrap up yet another episode, I know SPC concludes we got some more taps ball to cover in the next coming weeks. Anything you want to leave the people with? No, it's uh, it's gonna be a good weekend. I'm gonna be down in Houston. Wes will be up in Arlington. It's gonna be a good one. Um, fun one. Some state championships are always fun. Uh, and you know these are these are the games that matter. Make or break for you know state championships, district championships, and playoff seating. These are the games that matter, and that's that's why it's some of the best football out there. So, uh, stay tuned for all our coverage. I'm excited to do it. And hey, I'm glad to got to do a little bit of a little Lee Corso action with the headpiece today. That was really good. Yeah, there's no there's no SPC uh, squads that that mimic Scooby Doo, so I don't really know where I could go with that. But as always, on that note, uh, another fantastic episode in the books. As always, I have been one third of your hosting crew, West Hollison, Jack Closek, and Walker Lot have fantastically been themselves. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two, one. Here we go.